You're listening to Italian Dish, and I'm your host, Christine. I'm an expat here in Italy. In each episode, we'll cook one Italian recipe together, and I'll dish a little bit about what it's really like living here in Italy. So, put on your apron, pour yourself a glass of wine, and let's get cooking. Ciao a tutti and benvenuti nella mia cucina. Hi guys and welcome to my kitchen. It is 2023 and it's January still. It's about the middle of January now. Um, but the first recipe I wanted to publish for you guys was something that I recently discovered on a day trip to, about an hour from Florence, to Bologna, <laughs> if you couldn't guess. And uh, I wonder if you know already what type of pasta is typical or famous in Bologna, especially around the holidays. Drumroll please, it's tortellini, tortellini. They are this tiny little nugget of a filled pasta, um, which I myself, I admit, I am not really great at making my own fresh pasta. I definitely have not succeeded in the the skill yet yeah, i'd love to take like a deep deep dive into learning how to make tortellini well but i've never done it myself um that is a, a pasta making class for another day and i really look forward to that moment but i did have the chance to eat some tortellini fritti with my husband um as a sort of like a street food snack they were fried on the spot and put in like a paper cone and given to us there it was amazing um, and we ate those in the Mercato di Mezzo, which is like a little market, which is, has like a ton of little stalls. Um, you can get all kinds of food there, but we decided to just get tortellini fritti because we thought, wow, I've had tortellini in brodo, I've had tortellini asciutti or without broth. Um, you know, the two sort of classic camps of do you like tortellini in broth or are you a person are you team broth or are you team asciutto and um we were like well why not try this mercato di mezzo this via di mezzo and try tortellini fritti instead um not really a full lunch you might say but you know when you're like wrangling a toddler in a market full of people <laughs> it was like the, the most we could get down our throats was just like a bunch of tortellini fritti on the spot with one hand so it actually worked out well for us um, a really delicious treat and basically the first thing we're going to do uh, to make these today is turn on the gas and get our burner going and I'm just using um, olio di girasole so sunflower oil and not even that much because we're not we don't really need to like deep deep fry them just got like maybe like an inch of oil at the bottom of my pot um, and I've got my tortellini here which I admit again <laughs> I did not make myself if you want to make your own tortellini freschi I mean by all means be my guest I applaud you <laughs> I, I love making pasta fresca but it's really difficult to do and has become harder and harder as my child gets older to find the time in the day for that type of hands-on cooking project that takes a lot of prep and concentration and space when you make tortellini or pasta you really need a lot of space and it's like you don't want your child coming in and grabbing them off the table 
Uh, so maybe, maybe in the future I'll enter the phase of life where I can spend long hours rolling out pasta sheets and, uh, and filling them and cutting them and folding them. But that's not my life today. If it's yours, good for you. <laughs> so anyways, where did I get these tortellini? I said I got them in Florence or in Florence, in Bologna. And they are delicious. And I already know for a fact that they're delicious because I ate the first half of the, the batch that I bought. I mean, granted, I do love to eat, but we bought a ton. I went into this little pastificio and I started talking to the woman. First, my first strategy, this is behind the scenes. I was thinking, I was like, okay, I don't want to get ripped off because you're walking around Bologna. You see a bunch of tourists. You see a bunch of pasta shops selling tortellini. And some of them go for as high as like 40 euros per kilo, which is like 20 bucks a pound-ish. It's pretty expensive. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's kind of a lot. What's in my budget? So I kind of found La Via di Mezzo. Like I, I found a good compromise. I found this pastificio where this woman was. I was also like listening to her accent. I wanted to find out, okay, is she, is this woman like renting this space, but she's not from Bologna. So she's trying, like I was trying to, sneak out all of the <laughs> all of the possible you know tourist traps and i heard her speaking to the woman in line in front of me i was like okay she's definitely like from bologna so that's one good sign and i like see that the pasta seemed really fresh so i was like okay we're going for it i go in there and i'm like she's like okay quanto like how much do you want and i was like mm, 600 grammi and i was like oh my gosh what did i just do so i ordered about 600 grams of of tortellini and that's obviously too much for two people plus a toddler who's very selective aka picky so she was like she told me like, mi raccomando signora se non le fa entrolotto deve congelarle and i was like okay okay so i will freeze them and prepare them later on and she told me she was really nice she explained you know you can cook them directly from frozen in broth or you can fry them directly as well so that's what we're going to do today I've got my frozen tortellini. They are still fresh, but they've been frozen. Um, and I'm really excited for a tasty, crunchy snack for lunch to go along with our lunch today. Um, so I basically just got to wait until this oil is heated up, which it's looking pretty ready, if you ask me. And I've got my schiumarola, which I really don't know the name of in English. It's like a metal strainer tool to grab them out of the hot oil once they're fried and then that's basically it so i've got my little tortellini here let's see i'm gonna try and pop one in the oil and see if it's ready okay i think the oil needs to heat up a little bit more it's not bubbling yet it's not crackling so we might just wait you know trial and error on this one but another story i wanted to share with you guys was something really silly but a moment of my day yesterday so it's it's been raining a lot in Florence um, which we're happy about you know last year we had the crazy historic level of drought which was just bananas I mean it was like dry 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 all year no rain really bad for the crops this January has been more than making up for it it's been raining like every day um, and yesterday, when I was dropping off my child at his preschool, you know, I, anybody who knows me in Florence knows that I'm a bike commuter, so I'm always on my bike. That's the way I get around. 
I get made fun of by my colleagues and my students because I, I strut into the school dressed head to toe in like a highlighter yellow <laughs> rain suit, basically. I've got these like over pants that are these just like giant rain trousers that are highlighter yellow, neon yellow, and I've got a matching yellow giant rain jacket that I wear on my bike to not get soaked on my way to work when it rains. And <laughs> they also are like, oh, la pustina, because I look like the post-delivery men, like the mailmen and women in their bright yellow <laughs> gear on days like this. Because it's like only a crazy person would be out there on a bike in the rain like this. And yes, that is me. I am that crazy person. But so get this. So it's raining yesterday, like cats and dogs coming down. I, I walked my child into school really fast because like we had just, I mean, I decided to take him on my bike. That's how I take him to school normally. But in the rain, it means I have to take out the stroller. He's almost four years old now. He doesn't like sitting in the stroller. Walk him like it takes me so much more time than just like zipping down to the school in five minutes on my bike. And so I was like, oh, we're gonna, it was like just sprinkling a little bit yesterday morning. I was like, let's risk it. Let's fly to school. I'll get him there as fast as I can. He won't get wet. It's all going to be okay. If I get soaked, I don't care. I'm very used to that. And so I had his raincoat on him, his hood up, like he was on the seat behind me. So he was like pressed up against my back, not getting wet. And we get to school. I get him inside and I'm like soaked, right? So I had my raincoat on, but not my rain pants. So like my legs were pretty soaked. My shoes were soaked. I was wet. I was... I ho beccato la pioggia, cioè ho preso l'acqua, as they say in Italy. It's like I got, I took the water, I got a lot of water, I got wet, basically. So this dad comes up next to me from the class as they're leaving because they had just left their child from drop off. And he goes, Mamma mia, portare questi bambini con l'ombrello è un parto, eh? And I was like, But <laughs> pause. So Italian English moment for you all. Um, if you don't know, parto means like childbirth, childbirth. Okay, so this father is quoting to me that, wow, it's so difficult taking our child and my child to school with an umbrella. It's just like childbirth. And I was like, first of all, you're the father. <laughs> Second of all, you see me with my bike helmet on. You see me completely soaked. And you're telling me like it was just ridiculous. I almost said something almost, but how many times do I have stories like that where I almost say something to an Italian to tell them off about how ridiculous they're being? And then I swallow it back. I don't know. Sometimes I, I do open up, but I'd say nine out of ten times I'm just like, mm, okay. <laughs> so that's what happened yesterday on our rainy, rainy school drop-off. It was ridiculous. But here we are. I'm gonna, I think the oil's got to be ready now. Let's see. Oh, yeah. There we go. You can hear the crackling. Make sure they stay separate. Don't crackle together. So I'm sending the first bunch into the oil. Good luck, little tortellinis. See you on the other side while you fry. Can't wait to eat you. <laughs> and it really doesn't take long, so you don't want to pop them all in at once because you've just got to take enough time to let them fry, let them get a little golden, and then take them out like pretty quickly. So I sort of like let them hang out in the oil sort of check on their doratura, their goldenness. 
Man, my English has gotten pretty bad. Um, and I realized the other day a student asked me, as if you don't know, I'm an English teacher by day. English teacher slash mom of a toddler by day. Podcaster sometimes. Um, no, so my students asked me, they were like, well, when was the last time you went to the U.S.? And I was like, oh, honestly don't know. No, now I remember. It was August 2021. Mm, these look so good. All right, this is going to be really hard to not eat all these before my husband comes back from his run. <laughs> but I promise I'll leave him some, and I'll take pictures so you guys can be jealous too of how delicious these look. The next batch is off to off to work. So yeah, I mean, I've been in Italy for how long now? Since 2016. And that's almost seven years, which is bananas. And it's like things have changed, you know? Things have changed for me. My concept of food has absolutely been influenced by my by time here. Because yesterday we were also having a chat about making generalizations. And a lot of the students, <laughs> not a lot, I was joking to them. I said, you, go, you know, guys, the thing is, when we talk about food in my classes, it's not a generalization. It's not even 90% of the time. It's pretty much 100% of the time my students tell me that Italian food is the best food in the world. And they all laugh, and they're like, well, because it's fact. And I just kind of crack up because, of course, I love Italian food. Of course, I love eating and living here. <laughs> I'm not crazy. I don't have a, a blind tongue, if you will. But, but I do love other cultures' food as well. I mean, I lived, for, I lived in South Korea for a year teaching English. And, man, do I miss that food. Like, it was insane. So, yeah, Italian food's there. Love it. Obsessed with it. But I'm not so, you know, I do love the food. I can't, see, it's like I get caught in this in-between where I think, man, I love the food. It's the best. It's the best of the best. But would I eat pasta every single day of my life? And like, that's the true test because an Italian will tell you yes most of the time. Say, oh yeah, pasta to me is like the taste of family, the taste of my mom, the taste of home. You can make it a million ways. And I agree. But I don't, I don't think I would eat it every single day. I just don't think I can. How do you feel about eating pasta, potentially eating pasta every day of your life? Or if you do eat pasta every day of your life, what do you put on it, first of all? Because I run out of ideas. Like the condimenti it kind of sends me into a, a tizzy. I'm just like, well, what do I put on it today? Like it just kind of, I run out of ideas. I really do. I put... Like whatever vegetables in season I tend to do a lot of, but then I kind of get in a rut. So I just thought this was really fun to do something different, these tortellini fritti. And my first, another thought I had about tortellini fritti was that I was absolutely convinced that this was like an Americanization of what was a very classic and holy Italian thing, which is tortellini freschi, right? In Bologna. But... I go and I find out, I've looked, read this Italian blog um, about, specifically about tortellini, and it starts out saying, you know, tortellini is kind of a divisive thing, there's either team broth, there's team asciutti, which one are you? But then 
it also says, are you a super traditionalist? And I was like, man, all of you are super traditionalists. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, because it says, you know, Tuttilini Fritti kind of represents this, not a modernization, but something unique to do with an ingredient. Maybe it's a sign of excess. It's like, we've got so many, we might as well also fry a few. <laughs> because, I mean, otherwise, if you spent the time to make these by hand, you'd probably be thinking, that's not really what I want to do with these. I want to make them the traditional way because I went way above and beyond making all this fresh homemade pasta. And it's like, I get that, I get that. But I, I like that sort of unique um, take on something that maybe you wouldn't normally do or maybe, you know, somebody else might, a nonna might like frown at, like, no, non si frigono, or something like that. Okay, I'm going to turn off the oil. Yeah, listen. I hope you can hear that. That's the sound of the tortellini just like cooling down. They are so boiling hot from the boiling oil. Mmm, they're gonna be incredible. But yes, this woman's saying like, it's an aperitivo bolognese, like it's something legitimate. And I find that really cool. <laughs> like, I thought for sure this was something that somebody else was just like, you know, making as like a street food of today, like kind of a modern take on it. But really, it's been around. It's not something totally new. Um, and I think that's cool too. But I guess if I had to sum up my thoughts and close out this podcast for today, I would say I feel like Italian food, I had this thought the other day. Italian food is kind of like if you've ever seen the movie When Harry Met Sally and, you know, you've got those couples that at different intermissions of the film talk about, oh, we've been married for 35 years and we've been married for 60 years. Italy and food is like that long time romance, that lo- lifetime love. They, they keep going back to pasta. They keep going back to tortellini in brodo. Every Christmas they have their traditions, every carnevale, every... Every day, it seems like, has got something traditional tied to it. And they're obsessed with these traditions because it's that sort of, I'm invested in this lifetime lifetime love of their food. And they've invested generations of love into their food. And it's, I think that's something incredible. Um, and when I compare it to American food, because I, I cannot not. I think, look, American food has its merits. I love American food. But maybe, and I hope I don't offend anyone, maybe the difference is that American food is kind of like that one night love, that one night stand. It's like you see something flashy and you're like, ooh, what's this strange mix of pork hash with avocado, lime, jalapeno, something mixed together. It's like this this collaboration of novelty and innovation and punchy flavors and lots of it's like a maximalism of food and i i can see the merit in that that's you know something interesting something unique but i kind of i kind of want that long time romance with food i kind of want tradition i kind of want those things that last and i guess that's why i love eating and living here
it's not a perfect place to live. The food isn't perfect. Um, I have loads of stories about how (laughs) the food isn't perfect, but also life here is far from perfect. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to share, share my perspective on that and my thoughts. And what do you think? More importantly, I guess I'm kind of interested. Does anybody else think the same? Does anybody else have, you know, any idea what I'm talking about, basically? <laughs> if you've had tortellini, let me know. If you've had tortellini fritti, I definitely want to know what you think. Um, and are you team brodo or tortellini asciutti? Thank you for listening to this episode of Italian Dish. If you enjoyed this recipe and know someone else who loves Italian food, share it with them. Buon appetito ragazzi, and until next time, alla prossima, ciao, ciao.